Welcome everyone to the second episode of Campus Pep Talk by IBA, where we speak with professionals who are leading the way in the proton therapy industry. Our guest today shares a unique and very transparent backstory about both the challenges and lessons learned, and also the success that has led him and his team to where they are today, which is running a highly successful proton center that keeps patient storytelling at the heart of what they do. Yeah, I mean, cancer is a journey and it, it impacts the patients and it impacts their family members. And so, again, we feel a response. We feel like it's our responsibility to walk alongside those patients from that initial diagnosis all the way, of course, through treatment. That's the main thing that we do here, but then through that survivorship journey as well. David Roback started his career in proton therapy at Procure Proton Therapy Center in Oklahoma City, where he eventually became director of operations. David has been part of the development team in charge of the startup of various proton centers across the U.S. and was directly involved in the financial, clinical, and business operational activities of those facilities. David left Procure in 2013 to take the role of vice president of operations for the Provision Cares Proton Center in Knoxville, Tennessee, where he led the operational startup of the facility. That center treated more patients in the first year of operations than any proton center to date, despite operating in the smallest proton market in the country. In 2015, David transitioned to a role leading sales and business development for Provision Solutions LLC, the commercialization arm of Provision Healthcare. David has been a part of the development of a network of provision centers, including partnerships with physician groups, academic medical centers, and community hospitals. David left Provision in 2018 to lead the acquisition of the Oklahoma Proton Center in a transaction that closed in January of 2019. David oversees marketing and business development for Oklahoma Proton Center. All right, so thank you so much for joining us, David. Um, and thank you for that amazing song choice, In Sync, Bye Bye Bye. So that's your favorite song? <laughs> well, you know, who doesn't love 90s boy bands? I, I think everybody had a favorite uh, at that point in time. But I thought that that song was appropriate for what we're going to be talking about today. Bye 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 uh, kind of reminds me of what some cancer centers, uh, their philosophy on patients when they finish treatment. It's kind of like, okay, they're done with treatment and the patient moves on and the facility moves on and they're just focused on the patients that are there at the facility. And so we really try to place a lot of focus on what happens with patients, both from a survivorship standpoint and an advocacy standpoint after they finish treatment. And I'm looking forward to talking a little bit more about some of those programs that we have at Oklahoma Proton Center. And that is the perfect segue. I couldn't have done that better myself. So <laughs> thank you for segueing <laughs> it right into it for us. Um, and so based on your bio, David, it sounds like you have a pretty well-rounded view of what it takes to start up a proton center. And I know there's a, there's a history behind the Procure Center, which has become Oklahoma Proton Center. And I was wondering if you could tell us a bit about that history and uh, how you turned the center around to become the success that it is today. Well, I've been fortunate to have the opportunity to work in the proton therapy industry for uh, over a decade now. I actually got started at the Procure Proton Therapy Center in Oklahoma City back in uh, 2010. That facility actually opened in August of 2009 as just the sixth proton center in the country and actually one of the first IBA centers in the entire world. Um, and so it really was a pioneer at that point in time. 
Um, and, and that facility treated lots of patients from all over the country. It even had a relationship with the National Health Service in England and was wow. treating upwards of 50 patients a year from England who were coming over to Oklahoma City for treatment. Um, and so it's, it's really got a really neat history and legacy. Um, unfortunately, it ran into some financial challenges that necessitated a restructuring um, of the finances of the facility. So in 2018, um, the center actually went through a bankruptcy and temporarily closed. So as of December 31st, 2018, Oklahoma Proton Center, at that point in time, it was still Procure Proton Center, shut down. There was no patients. The doctors um, had finished their services. And I uh, had the opportunity to work with um, two other individuals, Chris Brown and Tom Welch, to lead the acquisition of that Proton Center out of bankruptcy. So we bought the center, closed on the transaction January 22nd of 2019. We reopened for treatments April 22nd of 2019. Wow. Um, and just this past year in 2020, we had the busiest year in the history of the center dating all the way back to 2009. Um, and so it's been really exciting to see how the center has been revitalized, opened back up, and, and we're um, providing great services to patients that are coming here. So what would you say you guys have done differently this time around to kind of get it going off the ground and turn it into such a success now? Well, certainly, um, I mean, restructuring the debt of the facility was important, and there's a number of other facilities that have had to go through a debt restructuring. So that was step one. Um, step two was looking to streamline operations and be more efficient. Um, and so that set the foundation on the cost side. Uh, but then we really needed to also increase the number of patients that were coming to the facility. And so we think about patients coming through two pathways. One is physician referrals, and then the other is um, patient referrals or self-referrals. And so um, we, we had strategies around both. Um, for physician referrals, we really tried to go out and engage with independent referring physicians in the community and engage with them on a level above just hey, here's what protons can do, send us all your patients. Because independent physicians are entrepreneurial. Um, they've got relationships with other providers or hospitals or cancer centers in town. Um, and so it was important for us to not just say, here are the clinical benefits of protons, but also say, um, could you come and, and uh, lease space at the facility? Could you provide services like for urologists, provide services at our facility for patients coming for tre treatment like space or gel or fiducial marker placement? Um, we're working on, uh, we, we've done a, an equipment syndicate lease model with some physicians. So that's kind of all on the physician side. Um, and then on the, on the patient side, I know that's more of what we're going to get into uh, today. Yeah. And I imagine you guys have a pretty successful patient referral. I know you guys do a lot of work with patient storytelling and really having the, the cancer survivors do a lot of the marketing for you guys. There's some incredible stories and some websites that you guys have built around that. Can you talk a little, a little bit about those marketing strategies? Yeah, I mean, I, so a couple of things. I mean, what's the rationale for, for doing these patient stories? I think the, the main thing is that people trust people. Um, mm -hmm. and, and especially for something that's as complex and potentially as, as confusing or daunting as cancer treatment, um, patients are going to look for guidance from other patients who have gone through treatment. And so um, for us, it's really important to have patients talk about the experience that they had at the Oklahoma Proton Center 
and be willing to share that publicly so that other patients can put a face with the treatment itself. We've treated close to 4,000 patients now at the Proton Center, and um, a lot of them want to use their experience to help people that are now going through the thing that they went through six months months earlier, a year earlier, or two years earlier. So they've been willing to do some pretty amazing things, um, get on TV and talk about their story for, uh, with a news station, do TV commercials, do photo shoots, um, do, do written pieces for our website. Um, we've got a new campaign going that we just started called Proton Fight Club. Mm-hmm. Um, and Proton Fight Club is what I, w- I would describe that as our advocacy platform. And so we think about patients that are coming in and they're fighting cancer. And so we've created this imagery and this branding that serves to unify uh, these patients that have finished treatment together with a, a common theme and common imagery and something that they can relate to. So we put up these fight club posters in our lobby and we've got a fight club website and a fight club face, Facebook group. Um, and, and what the imagery looks like is it's patients that literally will wrap their gloves like or wrap their hands like they're getting ready to uh, participate in a boxing match <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, and, they'll, and they'll pose and they'll do some live action shots and we've done video with it. We've done pictures with it. Um, and then we use that imagery in that video, both in our paid advertising, but also in our organic advertising. And the patients have really latched onto it. They just love the idea of having this group that they can relate to. And it, it, it ties them in with people that have gone through treatment uh, even years before where they're all kind of together participating in this one thing, this proton fight club. And so it's been really neat to see that take off as well. And so you mentioned this is something that you offer to everyone who goes through Oklahoma proton center, any of the, yeah, everyone who who graduates, um, we, we do an exit interview with them a couple of days before they finish treatment. And, And the purpose of that exit interview is a, to ask them about their experience and if there's things that, that they feel like we can do better, but B, to tell them about programs that we have for them once they finish treatment. So um, we try to interact with patients face-to-face six months after they finish treatment. So we're, we're doing a, what we call a patient mixer. Um, and so uh, we, we bring, so let's say it was Jan- patients that graduated in January of 2021 would come back in July of 2021 for this little mixer that we put on in the lobby and we have drinks and, and hors d'oeuvres and, we do networking and, and the patients get an opportunity to uh, tell how they're doing. And community is so important for patients. And so maintaining and keeping that community going once they're done with treatment and they're out of the facility for us, we feel like that's our responsibility. Um, so we do that at six months. At a year, uh, we invite the patients who are coming up on a year, uh, finish treatment to come back for our graduation luncheons. Um, so we do a luncheon where we celebrate all of the patients who have graduated that week, but then we also bring back patients that have, are a year out from treatment and honor them as well at that graduation. Um, a year is a big milestone in, in, for a patient post-treatment. Uh, and I think it's really encouraging for patients that are just finishing treatment to see those patients and see how well they're potentially doing a year out from treatment as well. And so we're discussing all of this at this exit interview. And at that exit interview, we're also telling patients about this fight club opportunity saying, hey, when that last day of treatment, when you finish, if you'd like, um, we've got the photo studio set up, we've got the props set up um, and we'll take your picture, this fight club imagery uh, when you finish that last day of treatment, along with ringing the graduation bell. 
and, and on protonfightclub.com, you can see uh, some of those patient stories and some of that imagery and video. We've also got a Facebook group, Proton Fight Club Facebook group. Um, it's just taking off. We just launched it a few weeks ago. And I think the other thing too, this is really important. Uh, and we've had a lot of conversations about this internally recently is we want to provide relevant and educational content for patients that have finished treatment so that they have an ability to talk to other people about proton therapy. So for example, if a new clinical study has come out, maybe that study hadn't come out prior to that patient finishing treatment, but we want to get that in their hands. And so we'll put that out on Facebook. We'll put that out on the Fight Club group. We've got an email list that's got uh, a couple thousand former patients on it. We'll send out that information to that email list. Um, and so we really want to empower patients to be able to talk about proton therapy to their friends and family and have the most recent up-to-date information. I mean, cancer is a journey and it, it impacts the patients and it impacts their family members. And so again, we feel a response. We feel like it's our responsibility to walk alongside those patients from that initial diagnosis all the way, of course, through treatment. That's the main thing that we do here, but then through that survivorship journey as well. And I think it's really important. I do want to mention that not every patient wants to be an advocate in the sense that we think about advocacy um, with the Proton Fight Club group or being willing to share stories. And that's fine. That's not, there's no obligation or responsibility that a patient has to do that, but they're still a survivor. Um, and so we, we do make get a point to have these programs and support services for survivors, whether or not they participate in the advocacy group or not. Um, and so, and, and, and we're really privileged to be able to honor them as they kind of move through their, through their journey, uh, their survivorship journey. Yeah, it seems like an excellent platform. So thank you so much for what you do. Uh, I think it's really fantastic. And thank you for sharing. Um, one question that I would like to leave with uh, just kind of a fun question to get your opinion that I like to ask everyone. Um, how many proton therapy centers do you think the U.S. will have by the end of 2050? Oh, man, that's a great question, Courtney. <laughs> well, if I have anything to do with it, there'll be uh, a thousand uh, different facilities. I, I think, uh, you know, we, my partners and I believe that proton therapy is the best treatment for many, many patients. Um, and we think that patients should have more access to proton therapy. And so we love the opportunity to partner with somebody like IBA um, to, to create more access for patients. Um, so now if you were to pin me down on it, if I were betting <laughs> 2050, I'm going to say, I'm going to say 200 unique okay. facilities. I'm going to say okay. 200 unique Excellent. facilities by 2050, but I hope that that number is much bigger. And thanks for tuning in, everyone. Uh, please follow us at Kempfis Pep Talk by IBA on your favorite podcast platform, Spotify, Apple Music, etc. And we look forward to seeing you on our next episode.